How's it going, guys? Welcome to episode 18 of Fear Frequency. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, and with me today is George Frizzard. What's up, dude? Nothing much. How you doing? Good, good. We're having... So, I'm going to get some housekeeping out of the way here. Y'all should go follow us on Instagram because we stepped our game up big time. We got a few followers coming in, but basically every day we're going to be giving you movie recommendations. We're going to be posting gameplay clips, little parts from movies from the 80s and 90s that we liked. It's a lot of fun, and we've actually been getting a pretty big community going in just like a little less than a week. Yeah, I've seen there's been some pretty massive spikes in our numbers of both views and uh, likes and basically interactions. People seem to be really uh into the new new content we've been posting yeah so we literally post i've been posting twice a day just like now so i'm trying to build the thing out but i'm gonna tone it back to like once a day i think but yeah we've already recommended some cool 80s and 90s movies we've shown some gameplay on there so you definitely want to go check that out and then more housekeeping uh this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode maybe we got a little bit of news it was kind of a slow news week and then we're going to be talking about Victor Crowley in segment two. But in segment three, we have a very special interview with Ben Scrivens from Fright Rags, which is like our favorite uh, t-shirt brand by far for horror apparel. I think we've talked about them before on the show, yeah. like a few times. I'm sure it's come up at some point or another. Yeah, so like he was like kind enough to join us, and we're going to be asking him some questions about history of his company and like what it's like to get licenses like halloween and stuff what is you know all these general questions that are stuff that you probably want to hear about so you're gonna want to stick around for that at the end of the show we're like super excited to talk to him really glad he came by but uh right out the gate we got a halloween alert baby oh yeah and it might be the last one for a little while which is kind of scary (laughs) but halloween is done filming it's just a big bummer yeah finally finished the movie yeah it's finally a wrap now it's just it's bittersweet yeah it sucks that we won't be able to catch any more glimpses into what's going on with it through like you mm. know those leaks of when people were seeing different casting calls and having different seeing you know possible scenes getting shot and that one very bad low quality image of uh <laughs> one image <laughs> of michael got. myers <laughs> We got a single image of Michael Myers out of all this, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, they've wrapped on the movie, which is good. Hopefully it doesn't have to go back for reshoots or anything, and they're still adamant. It is coming out this year on October 19th, so hopefully we get to see a trailer soon. I feel like they could whip even a teaser up or a poster. That'd be kind of cool. But Jamie Lee Curtis wrapped filming, I think, last week on Thursday or Friday, so it makes sense that they probably just had a few pickup shots to complete uh, at the end. And it seems like most importantly, everyone involved is really excited about it. Like, you know, it would be bad if they were coming off the set of this movie and they were either A, silent about it, or B, just not talking about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so it's good to hear that they're everyone's enjoying themselves. Yeah, and this is probably my most anticipated movie for the year. I'm trying to keep my hopes kind of, you know, I don't want to overhype it too much before I see it, but I am very excited to see this when it comes out. Yeah, it's like this, the nun. I'm really, I'm really excited for Hereditary. I'm not gonna let my like, how bad A24 burned us with. Uh, it comes in late, get me down. <laughs> I'm really excited for Hereditary. I'm sure stuff will pop up throughout the year, like the nun and everything. Yeah, but yeah, man. I'm real excited for Halloween. That's my most anticipated right. as well. So it's good that they finished filming. It seems like everything went fine, and probably 
gonna get a good movie out of it and then so this next news story just kind of came out of nowhere robert england is in a new movie which is like news in itself but it just released on netflix it's called night world and it looks it looks okay the synopsis is when a former lapd officer brett erlam takes a job as head of security at an old apartment building in bulgaria's capital sophia Oh, Sofia, Bulgaria is the capital. He soon begins to experience a series of bizarre and terrifying events. Once he begins to delve deep into the building's sinister history and investigate its shadowy owners and past employees, Brett soon uncovers a malevolent force nestled deep in the bowels of the building in basement. That This is, like, so badly written. <laughs> that will do anything to be set free into our world. Okay, yeah, but Robert England's in it. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I I hadn't even heard about this movie at all until i saw that uh, it was coming to netflix and when i don't they don't say when it was shot it seems like might have been a shelfer yeah i think it might have had a limited release in like 2016 or something but oh it says it hit dvd blu-ray and vod late last year yeah yeah so huh came out what the fuck you know who knows when it was filmed but yeah, I mean, it's... The poster looks a little red boxy. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like it was <laughs> whatever the production company's crown jewel, you know, or anything, but I don't know. It's, BMI. Yeah, it, it's it's cool to see Robert England back in another movie. I mean... Yeah. I, I know he also did one movie, uh, maybe maybe it's 2014, 2015. It was called, like, like, Night Manager or something like that, where he... I, you you kept up on him where he was you read his uh, book right yeah i read his book like last last halloween last like october and he recently did another movie like i said i think it's called night manager but i'm probably wrong where he was the manager of a uh, movie theater oh okay. and someone comes into the movie theater and he is getting fired the next day and he locks him in and basically tortures him all night that sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Was it good? Did you watch it? I didn't get around to it, but maybe I'll make a double feature with that and Night World. Yeah, I might watch both of these while I'm editing this later tonight. That's cool. Yeah, but... What a wild dude. Night World seems cool. I mean, even if it's bad, it's on Netflix, so you don't really lose anything by... Yeah, who cares? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you just turn it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so this last week was the annual Toy Fair, which is something that I never really knew was going on growing up, but now that I've been paying attention to it, thanks to my friend Matt Brando, he was keeping me up to date with all the Jurassic World toy news, uh, it seems like I should be paying attention to it. So we're just going to like loop all these news stories into like Toy Fair section. So the first one I found is that, hey, Stranger Things alert, baby, we got McFarlane toys of the Stranger Things kids in their Ghostbusters costumes, and they look really good. Yeah, the sculpts on these things are better than I expected by, like, a they're, pretty wide Yeah, margin. they're, like, NECA quality. And, like, these toys are all pretty... They're, like, $20, like McFarlane toys. I have a Rick Grimes that I really like, and I will buy all of these. <laughs> yeah, they look really good. Um, it has all the main kids. It doesn't have uh, Max, but it has all the Yeah, boys. it should have Max in her... Uh, the Michael Myers. Know, her Michael Myers yeah, gear. Yeah, that would have been cool. I don't know if that's an issue with licensing or what. But if I mean they got Ghostbusters, so I don't see why getting Michael Myers would be a big deal. They also have Dustin in his uh, gear with his demo dog, uh, where he goes into the like veins underground and he's got his bandana on and stuff when he's with Steve. So I might get that too. Yeah, 
But I definitely want these these Ghostbusters figures. These are really cool. Yeah, they definitely look really cool. They look very close to the not only the actors, but they look fairly movie accurate to Ghostbusters. Yeah, so that's cool. And then NECA hit back with a look at their Pennywise figure, a prototype. So I didn't notice it was a prototype at first, but some of the paint was a little off. But that's just because it's a prototype. And this thing, this thing looks cool, man. Like, I'm going to get this. It comes with, like, Georgie's boat, two or three heads, and two different sets of hands, and a balloon. Yeah, this one also looks very close to the movie. This is, like, a very mm-hmm. high-quality sculpt. And I think this toy is also fairly inexpensive, too. It's just, like, a NECA... NECA toys are all 20 bucks. Yeah, so it's, you know, you won't break the bank by getting any of these. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting this. Yeah, I'm just really surprised by how high-quality these are. Normally, for, you know, for a $20 figure, you don't get multiple heads and hands and all this stuff, so... It's cool. Yeah, my Jasons have. I've always had problems. I have a bunch of NECA toys, and I've always had problems with the Jasons. Like their hip joint is super loose, and their legs kind of fall apart. But my Ash vs. Evil Dead ones are great, and my Alien ones are great, and my Freddy's New Nightmare or Wes Craven's New Nightmare one is awesome. I have a New Nightmare Freddy, and that one's like, it's so cool. Like it has different heads and his hat, and comes off and everything. It's sweet. They're also doing the Tim Curry Pennywise and. It looks really good. It like looks perfect. I just don't really care. I don't really want it, but it looks good. I think that'd be kind of a cool double set to get, where if you're gonna get one, yeah, if you're like bookshelfing, right? It or if if it's for display and you're a big fan of both, then it'd be cool to have them together like that. I think. Yeah, I feel like both of these will sell really well. Yeah. And then also NECA, this is the one I'm like all in on. They have uh, Ultimate Herbert West from Reanimator, and he comes with uh, the head the shovel, uh, the reanimation juice, and the dead cat. And he has, like, cloth clothing. Like, he has a Yeah, he has a cloth suit. lab coat and... Uh... <laughs> a necktie. Yeah. Like, this thing looks great, dude. Uh, I love Reanimator. Yeah, Reanimator is definitely one of those cult classes that I think is always growing. And I think a lot of people don't even know that it's a originally a Lovecraft story. Yeah. But... Uh, I don't think people knew that either. And they even put it in the title, but people are still surprised. Yeah, I mean, I guess just because you know the like mainstream adaptation of it is so kind of modern sci-fi at the time that you wouldn't think that yeah. someone who's writing horror like way back when would be able to do <laughs> do anything like that it's obviously heavily adapted but still it's like a originally a, a lovecraft idea yeah i will definitely get this because reanimator is one of those movies that's like a great movie and a great horror movie you know yeah it's just it's so good it still holds up Oh man, I'm I'm really excited about this. I've been wanting them to do this for so long, so I'm really excited. That's probably only going to be, I'd say that'll be like thirty bucks because it's an ultimate figure, so it comes with like more accessories than usual. Yeah. But still, thirty bucks for an amazing sculpt with like real clothes, I'm all in. Yeah, and and like you said, the accessories are actually pretty remarkable. The sculpt on the severed head looks very accurate to <laughs> yeah. uh, the dean, <laughs> the dean actor. From the movie, and the cat looks yeah, great. Yeah, it's, it's everyone you'd want. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the perfect figure for the the fan of uh, uh, Reanimator. Yeah, and then the next one, which man, these are all really cool. I'm I keep I keep saying which I will buy, but I will buy this. <laughs> it's uh, Captain Blake from the Fog, and this thing, like this one, is a plastic sculpt all the way around. It looks like, but man, his cool. His he looks good. Oh, is that cloth? It looks like cloth actually. Maybe this cloth. I don't know. It looks great. Yeah, this one's also 
you know, very detailed, more detailed than you'd normally expect for, like, a, you know, entry-level figure. But, I mean, I guess everyone's just kind of stepping their game up. No one wants to be left in the dust at this point. God damn. That comes out in October. I will buy this. I love The Fog so much. It's one of my favorite John Carpenter movies. They're all pretty good, but that one's one of my favorites. Yeah, that one's a classic for sure. Uh, so that's all the Toy Fair news. Or, yeah, that's all the Toy Fair news. There was a new dinosaur from Jurassic World shown, but it just feels like a giant spoiler, so we're not going to talk about that. But if you want to find that, you can just Google Mattel Jurassic World toys. And holy shit, Mattel getting the license from Hasbro is, like, the best thing that's ever happened to Jurassic World, dude. Like, yeah. oh, my God, they look so good. And they're re-releasing uh, toys from when we were kids. Like, I saw that they had... They're re-releasing the Alan Grant with the Jeep and the uh, Dilophosaurus and everything. The Jurassic Park branded. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that the one with the, so. like, scale vest and the cowboy hat? No, it's just the, it's the one where he has his uh, blue shirt and tan pants, oh. but I want the one with the scale vest. I remember distinctly having the one with the scale vest and the cowboy hat. Yeah, uh, so that's pretty cool. And then next on here, this one's really funny. Uh, so, way back in, like, the end of October, I want to say, right after Evil Within 2 came out, there was, like, that glitch. I think we actually talked about it on the show, where you could hack the game to play it in first person, and it actually worked pretty well. You know, like, not perfect, because it was a hack, but um, they just released a DLC and a free patch for the Evil Within 2 that lets you play it in first person. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah, so, it was obviously something that we're working on, or wanted to include maybe as like yeah. you know once you beat the game you can play new game plus in first person mode that was probably originally what they wanted to do but they didn't feel it was you know good enough in time so they kind of put it on the back burner and now they're re-releasing it but it's cool i mean i think this was a game that a lot of people kind of slept on oh my god people are so dumb too it's like you don't need to play the first game to play it and that right now it's on sale for like 30 bucks on steam it's a great PC port. Now's the time to play it. For sure. I think anybody who slept on this game needs to go back in and pick it up. Because I'd be really disappointed if this series dies out on Evil Within 2 being such a massive improvement over the first one. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's a massive improvement, but on top of that, it's an amazing game. Yeah. Like, it's so good. I love that game, dude. That's, like, one of my favorites of last year. Yeah, I thought that it was better than the first in every way and it was overall one of the better horror games in recent memory yeah speaking of that i really want to go back and play did you ever play silent hill downpour i never played any of the silent hill games i played so i played the remaster of two and three which apparently is the worst way to play those games but i liked them fine and uh i I always heard bad things about downpour but like people are coming around on it like, maybe it's not as bad as people initially thought. Uh-huh. And it's really cheap on Xbox, and it runs really well on Xbox One. Is so, it, like, one of those Xbox original, like, 4K? It's a 360 game that you can download. Okay. So, I might check that out. I didn't know if you played it. Though. No, I haven't. I never played those, but it's it'd be something I'd be interested in. I mean, I always hear such great things about that series. Yeah, I, I always want to, like, get into it, but it was kind of tough to play the remasters for the first time, because, like, even though they were remasters, they were still, like, it was like playing a PS1 game. Right, it's just, like... two came out so soon after. Right, it's basically putting a nicer skin over, like, a PS1 game and playing it in today's world, which doesn't always translate very well. Yeah, so, I don't know, I thought that was cool. And then, 
Next on the list, John Carpenter is scoring another fantasy thriller movie that's not Halloween, even though that's not a kind of movie it is. It's called 1200 Souls. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of this. So, I guess this is like a book series, maybe? And it's directed by Spanish filmmaker Pablo Aragues and French actor Jean Reno joined the project late last year. But it's cool to see him doing some, uh, you know, horror scores again. Hopefully he's working his way back up to directing a movie. Yeah, I mean, he probably had so much fun working, you know, getting his hands dirty again on Halloween that he probably, you know, and then going on tour, you know, he probably likes to work on music after all these years and he's probably itching to do more of it and more power to him. He still got it. We both saw him on tour and he was awesome. Yeah, he was great. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. So I'm down for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm always care. happy to have, have more Carpenter music in my life. Yep. And then we got to round out this news list with some bummer news. And that's that The Nun has shifted to fall. It's kind of a bummer because, like, I wanted to see that movie in July. But then it's, like, not really that big of a bummer because now we get to see it in fall. Like, in September. Set the stage for Halloween, you know, on September 7th. Get this cool adventure movie, you know? Yeah. I'm just happy it's not getting pushed to next year, like January 2019, because that would be basically a death sentence for it. Yeah, and it's kind of annoying. I went on this set visit, and I went on the set visit for New Mutants, and I was really excited to like actually have people read the articles <laughs> I wrote for both of those movies. And now like New Mutants got slipped from April to february so those articles people aren't going to be able to read till 2019 and now this like i don't think we'll be able to post these articles until september so that's kind of annoying but i really i can't really talk about the set or anything but i had a lot of fun checking it out and i think it looks like a really good movie yeah i thought valak was absolutely terrifying and conjuring too so i'm excited to see her get her own movie yeah and corn hardy's awesome like if anyone out there hasn't seen the hollow i think it's on amazon prime and or netflix right now you should definitely check that out it's really good amazon prime actually just kind of a side note has a surprisingly good selection of horror movies oh yeah and it like it's really good at recommending them yeah to you yeah like it recommends me all the haunting movies because i watched (laughs) (laughs) but like other than that you know it's pretty good they have what we do in the shadows which is taika waititi's uh you know fake documentary about vampires i just revisited that movie everyone should check that out that movie's hilarious i like forgot how funny it is and uh i they have did you see that they have an evil within Redbox movie with the same logo as the game that they were like trying to capitalize on the game release with what no <laughs> yeah so that's on there i might check that out like get really drunk and check that out uh they also One have day. a24's uh monster is on, oh the monster yep, is uh streaming on prime yeah and they have uh the witch we both like yep. that movie so they have a lot of like actually really good horror movies their horror movie selection is i think far better than uh netflix for the most part netflix was great for a while and they've really just fallen off like their original ones largely are pretty bad yeah they have good except for the ritual ritual like fun to watch in a party setting horror movies not actually good horror movies you know what i mean yep like they people were like oh man it's so cool that they got cult of chucky so quick and it's like Uh, i don't know yeah i wonder why yeah i mean i'll i'd rather watch (laughs) 
the the A twenty four stuff on Prime. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> they have everything. So yeah, you can uh, check out a bunch of movies on Amazon Prime. Highly recommended by both of us. Yes. So yeah, that's gonna wrap up our quick news section this week. There wasn't a lot of news. Today's President's Day. We usually we we started recording on Mondays because we could pick up a ton of news every Monday. But of course, there was nothing today. So yeah, uh, it'll all get dumped we're tomorrow. Take a quick break. Oh, yeah. Everything will come out tomorrow. And then next week, it'll be like we're a week late. Yep, exactly. It'll be awesome. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with our discussion on Victor Crowley. All right, so we're back from our quick break, and once again, we already started talking about the movie. So right now, we're going to be reviewing Victor Crowley, but we both found ourselves in the situation where I, we both had seen the first one because we watched it together, and then I just watched two and three because they're both on Prime, and then Victor Crowley just came out. It's the fourth movie, and uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but it's directed by Adam Green, and this was a cool thing he did. Everyone thought, like, last fall they were going into a screening for Victor Crowley, like a 10-year anniversary thing. Or a screening for Hatchet 1 as a 10-year anniversary thing. Mm. And then Adam Green came out and was like, hey, it's my new movie, JK. Like, I made this fourth, like, fourth forequel to forequel. Hatchet in, sec- yeah, in secret. And you get to watch it. And then he went on, like, a road tour and, like, talked about the movie. So that was cool. And uh, I guess we can could, we could start with the first one. We both think the first one is good right yeah we're fine with the first I mean, one the first one's it's fun it's uh, the whole series is obviously it's like a horror comedy series it, it's never yeah. takes itself seriously at any point and i think the first one's actually a pretty fun ride the dialogue is pretty bad all the way through but at the same time the kills are super over the top and that is a trend that follows through all the sequels yeah the fake blood is really good the fake blood is it's fun in the dismemberment yeah i think the first one is very fun i think the first one is a good b movie good b horror movie and then uh two stars danielle harris she plays a character from the first movie right but like yeah. switch actresses yep. and she's cool it's just her character kind of isn't it's like she's this like down south chick i guess i don't know that movie's not that good. That one's probably the worst. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. It looks with it. the worst. Okay. The jokes aren't that funny. But two introduces something that comes back in three that is the best gimmick of uh, Victor Crowley as a slasher that? villain. That is <laughs> when he starts doing the thing where uh, the guy who the actor who plays uh, Candyman. Oh yeah, yeah. When he gets like cut in half, and then Victor Crowley grabs his spine and pulls all of his muscles out and leaves his skin there and just oh, yeah. has, like is holding him up by the spine and it's just all of his muscles like he de-skinned him and then just throws him in the bushes yeah, that was really cool he does that again in three so that kind of becomes his like signature move which i thought was hilarious <laughs> my least favorite thing about two and three besides the like dumb there's like the jokes in two at least are very stupid like just there's like a pedophile joke in like the first 10 minutes and like there's like this uh, the guy, Sid Haig, plays, like, a huge racist, right? Is that two? That's three. Oh, that's three. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the dumbest thing is that Victor Crowley, the character played by Kane Hodder, 
They they just play like stock audio of a bear over <laughs> it. It's like and it's like you think it's supposed to be funny at first but then they keep fucking doing it and then they do it in three too so it's like oh i guess he just sounds like a yeah bear. i guess he's just yells like a bear except he can also <laughs> say daddy sometimes in the woods <laughs> yeah the, i really think it's funny that kane hotter plays him and he also and his plays dad. his dad yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i will say that like for how dumb some of the jokes are i laughed at least once in all of the first three movies yeah, I, like there were some funny parts. Uh, yeah, it's not that they're not funny. I just think a lot of the jokes are like off color. Like if you're <laughs> yeah. if you're easily offended, then a lot of the jokes might upset you. Oh yeah, so we can talk about three now. Three is where the movie kind of hits its stride, or like the franchise. Like Daniel Harris is a total badass in it. They kind of uh, bringing back some cool characters, I guess. And but then there's this extremely racist part with Sid Haig where there's like a black it's like a black cop situation and they're like oh this funny old man has Alzheimer's and he's like huge racist and he's crazy <laughs> and, he, and like you it's like it never really crosses the line until the very end of the scene when he drops a hard R n-bomb yeah and you're like whoa <laughs> you're just kind of like uh, okay like this this number was really funny but if you're gonna go all the way then can we just kind of be done with it now <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, just we're going there. All right, and then it's over, I guess. And uh, the way she, the way that movie ends, like, is crazy. Like that prosthetic effect. Oh yeah, is awesome. That was awesome. When he's melting. That's like the best ending I think of any of them. Is that one? Yeah, Danielle Harris is great. I just like she's a cool actress. She looks sweet. Like she's a total badass. Yeah. I'm fine with her. Yeah, I I thought her but that movie starts cool too. I thought her actual like growth. At, I mean, she's only in two, but the character growth from one to three is actually a good story arc somehow. They yeah. managed to make it work <laughs> through three movies. Because actually the three movies happen like one day after each other. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. It's the, like Halloween, first November 1st, November 2nd. Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> it's kind of weird because they almost reference it in three. Like, it's like, okay, so you all, all of you guys took a haunted tour in the first one and then they kill it's like so they kill victor crowley three times in three nights and it's like the guy will not stay dead it's ridiculous <laughs> i didn't even think about that but that's fucked up like that's that's really weird uh but three look like three looks the best and then four victor crowley we can talk about that now so i bought the blu-ray it was eight dollars it's a really nice package like even the you know like when you get these cheaper blu-rays like the the case it always feels like kind of chintzy yeah. and shitty yeah like kind of low this quality plastic like a sol- yeah it's like a good solid case i like the art like the blue and orange like split in half and they do some really cool stuff so basically what happens this one's later right like it's yep this is how many years this is after? 10 years later so okay. this is 10 years after the original night so this is halloween 10 years after uh like hatchet one Okay, and then so a character, basically the, the plot setup is that there's, this is a running joke, there's an Asian guy in the first movie who runs the haunted boat tour, and then he gets killed, and then the next night in Hatchet 2, his brother goes out to find him, and it's played by the same guy, and he gets killed, and then in Hatchet 3, there's like a paramedic who's the same actor, and what what's the joke with that? The joke with that is like, 
one of the other paramedics is like, hey, we found a dead body that looks a lot like you. And he's like, oh, is it because I'm an Asian guy and all of us Asian people look the same? And he's like, no, it's because this guy looks identical to you. So the joke is that, like, Asian people look the same, but it's actually the same actor over and over again in the movies. Yeah. So that's the kind of joke yeah, we're dealing th- those with are kind of what you're expecting, like, <laughs> comedy-wise for the most part. That was one, that was another one. Like, that and the, like, super racist N-bomb, I was like, ugh. And that one, I was just like, ugh. Like... You didn't have to, like, explain yeah, the joke. Yeah, you don't have to like, say it. Like We get it. You, you could just, like, give him a, like, dirty look or something. Like, we all know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, so basically that third guy, the paramedic, he lives through Hatchet 3, and then he writes a book, and everyone thinks he killed everyone. Yeah, people <laughs> like, assume that, they're like, well, obviously Victor Crowley is a ghost story, and if you're the only survivor and all these people died, then you are probably just the guy who killed them all. Which is stupid because like, <laughs> he's a skinny little dude right like but anyways he's just a normal guy we, like <laughs> yeah it's like i don't i don't feel that bad I, I feel bad for him a little bit but then uh basically he's on a talk show and then they offer him a large sum of money to fly out <clears throat> into the swamp to do like a little you know reality show type broadcast and yeah like a 10 years later from the scene of the accident with uh like, the, one of the talk show hosts interview, like, in the actual swamp. Uh-huh. And then, despite this movie clearly having the lowest budget, they hit it really well. Because on, while they're flying in their little jet to the, uh, you know, the swamp, uh, the plane crashes. And the inside of the jet looks good enough, I'd say. You don't see any out exterior shots of, like, a plane crashing or anything, right? No, you don't see Do you? anything like that. It's I just... don't think so. I, I watched it a week and a half ago. Yeah, it's, um, one of the engines blows out and... So you see, like, off screen, the engine blows, and then you see, like, a hole in the plane, and it's, like, starts sucking things out. Like, oh, from, yeah, that, like, that part looked really interior. good. Yeah, yeah. Like, that looked great. That was actually kind of scary. I was like, oh, that gave me a little chill. <laughs> I was like, I was impressed with that. And then they land in the swamp, and so basically, Victor Crowley is brought to life because, in tandem with this happening, there's this girl who's, like, a huge fan of, like, the whole story, and she's a fan of the Asian guy, and so she wants to make, like, a movie, and then they say the cursed spell that brings Victor Crowley back to life. So Victor Crowley comes while they're all trapped in this plane, and he, like, stalks them. But it's a plane shell, so that's, like, a good way to... It keeps people inside, which keeps it cheap. They don't need to reconstruct this giant swamp set that was probably very expensive, and it creates for some like cool claustrophobic moments with the movie, and the gore is still in it, and there's some interesting kills, and Victor Crowley still looks pretty good. Yeah, I think it it looks the best, like cinematography wise, it, yeah, you know, it shot the best. Uh, Victor Crowley probably looks more, you know, intimidating than he ever has before. Uh, all the kills look good, you know, same amount of gore and over-the-topness i guess as as has been in all the other movies mm-hmm. and yeah i think this is a this is a fun good addition to the series i'd say this is probably my second favorite in the hatchet series so i haven't seen the first one in forever but i i laughed so many times in this movie this one is like the intro the intro scene the first scene dude that, yeah. that made me laugh for like 10 was, minutes was i was funny. like crying this one <laughs> has the probably the best jokes in it yeah, like, there's a couple off-color ones, but, like, they are they don't go all the way with them. Like, he, Adam Green learned to rein himself in on it to give him, like, some credit here. And 
This one is legitimately funny, and not just like funny for a direct to DVD like Hatchet movie. It's just legitimately a funny movie. Yeah, and it has uh, Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers in it. Yeah, as... and I like him. I, yeah. I always I like that show a lot. Yeah, that's this show is good, and he actually does he does a good job in his role. He's one of the uh, like camera guys for the talk show that they're gonna film in the swamp. So he's yeah. like on the plane and he's kind of talking to Andrew, who's like the you know the Asian guy who wrote the book, and you know plane goes down and there's some tension with him because he has like a girlfriend and they don't know if she's gonna make it or not, and yeah, but like all these scenes of Victor Crowley actually coming to the plane or stalking people and getting his kills done were either done well where it looked you know either very gory or kind of intimidating or they were done in like kind of a comedic way that and right that, that hit like that are actually pretty funny yeah and uh i really like the final standoff yeah i was just about to say that 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 <laughs> the girl throws that yeah like or the, whatever the comedy in that scene is like pulled off pretty well like i i was actually laughing through that scene i thought that was pretty damn funny yeah the girl like she does she have his hatchet is that what she has in her hand yeah like, what does she throw yeah it's, she has a hatchet and she's like heart of a tiger i have a snake or something yeah. and then she throws the hatchet and just like doesn't even hit him it like hits the ground and like just it's it's really yeah. funny actually it just like bounces in the dirt like an inch away from his feet <laughs> yeah i don't want to like talk about what the scene is but it's like it's like the final standoff yeah. but it's really funny <laughs> i was crying laughing and then uh there's this like douchey actor character yeah, Dylan. who makes it pretty far. In the, yeah, Dylan. He makes it pretty far in the movie, and he ends up in the cockpit at one point, and that made me jump. That, it was pretty funny. The scene with him in the cockpit is pretty funny too, when he is looking for the distress <laughs> signal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, uh, like we said, this is the the funniest one in the series. I think it's the most comedic out of all out of all four. Yeah, definitely. But. I, I liked it. I had, a, I had a really good time watching it. It's better than I expected it to be, being the fourth. And I the f- wish I got to see this in a theater. Like, it would have been so much it, fun. It would have been really fun. I think that this series really lends itself to being, like, a cult movie, like a theater oh, yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah, like how people go watch The Room and, you know, quote the lines mm-hmm. and throw spoons at the screen and shit. Like, I could see this series picking up that kind of crowd that would go and see yeah, it definitely and you know go to like a double or a triple feature and you know kind of laugh laugh your way through it because it's so ridiculous but it it's a fun time it's obviously very self-aware it knows it's not a serious horror movie and in that way you kind of respect it because it doesn't try to be super serious all the time right and he's come a long way from frozen like we both hate frozen yeah we fuck really don't like that movie and he's come a long way. Like that's this is a very I think it's a really good movie. Like overall, yeah, good good horror movie. Good way to reboot the series. Also, really great after credit scene. Really cool tease there. Yeah, that that was a pretty good. I, I, I was really not expecting uh, a mid credits scene from right. from this movie. So when it popped up, I was actually pretty surprised, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's a cool way to revitalize the series. I think this will definitely get people talking about it again. And uh, he says he wants to take him out of the swamp for the next movie <laughs> if the, if it sells well. <laughs> I can only imagine like Victor Crowley, like Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, Victor Crowley like... takes Manhattan. That'd be hilarious. 
Yeah, and I, oh, so I will say that in this movie they got rid of the bear noise. Yeah, they did fix. I that. was really happy about that. I was like, oh, good. He has like an actual like recognizable sound now. <laughs> but yeah, but Kane Otter did a great job. You know, he has a lot of fun doing this, obviously. And I think the Victor Crowley costume looked the best in this movie. Yeah, that was cool. They also <laughs> do a good job of uh, summarizing the basic plot of. Uh, like the Victor Crowley kind of mythos that they build in the yeah. first couple movies, they do that in the like opening credits crawl pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And oh, they have a kid tell the story, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that was weird. Mm-hmm. The kid did a good job, though. Yeah, I thought the little it was a little girl. She did a great job. Yeah, it sounded you know c- pretty creepy actually, and it was a good way to kind of bring everyone up to speed on you know what the story is with Victor Crowley, why he keeps coming back every year you know, what his whole M.O. is. And I, I thought that was actually a good way to do it, since in the first movie, they tell it. Second movie, they literally rehash it word for word. The, yeah, the thir- they do, they, like, reenact it yes. in the second yeah, movie. Yeah, they, they almost show, they do. They show the exact same scenes, Yeah, but then they add, like, a little more backstory to it. No, that's in 3. They add a little more backstory in 3. Right, right. But they also, like... In three, make a joke about it where they're about to retell it, and then some guy's like, "Who fucking cares?" Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we're just gonna kill this thing. Like he's not even real, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. So yeah, I mean, I want to see the Victor Crowley takes Manhattan. So you can like buy this movie for nothing. It's it's normal priced eight dollars on Amazon, and I think at Best Buy it's twelve dollars right now. So like. You should pay for this movie. I think. Yeah, uh, I think it's. I think it's worth watching. Yeah, I, whether or not you've seen them before. Yeah, I rented it on Amazon today, and it was five dollars. For yeah, like a. So you can pay two more bucks and get the Blu-ray, yeah. and it's like a good quality one. Yeah, so I I'd say probably buy it just because this is like a great slasher B movie to throw on if you have you know if someone is looking to is in that kind of mood this is like the perfect kind of movie to pop in for that situation. Yeah, so I think we're both giving Victor Crowley a watch it. Yes, I would say definitely watch it, especially if you're a fan of the Hatchet series. And even if not, you can jump in at this one, and it won't really deter you. It won't kind of, you know, be bad to just hop in at the fourth movie. Right, I agree completely. So that's going to wrap up our little segment here on Victor Crowley. And we're going to close the show out, but remember to stick around for our interview with Ben Scrivens from Fright Rags, because that is going to be awesome and you will definitely want to hear it. But you can follow me and George individually on Instagram and Twitter at Jimmy Champagne and George Frizzard. But you should definitely, again, go follow the show on Instagram and like, you know, you're going to see some cool stuff. And then also give us a rating on iTunes. Once again, we talk about this every week, but it helps a lot to have a lot of ratings on iTunes, obviously, because when you go and look at a podcast on iTunes, you want to see that it has a bunch of ratings. Like we need that too. So if you're listening, just take like five minutes and go over to uh, iTunes and leave us a rating and let us know what you think of the show. And we will use that feedback to make it better. Um, Do you have any closing words, George? Uh, just come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.
Okay, guys, so thanks for sitting through our quick break here. We're here with Ben Scrivens of Fright Rags. And first off, I want to congratulate you on having the like mastering the baseball tee. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I <laughs> appreciate it. We're both like huge fans. We, we like buy so much stuff, and uh, the baseball tee is our favorite. And it seems like the hardest thing for pretty much every apparel brand to get right. And yours are the best. <laughs> oh, cool. I really appreciate it. Have you, uh, have you, tried uh the orange and black ones we put out no i was looking on the site yesterday i wanted to get the mm-hmm. haddonfield hoodie because i saw ryan turk wearing it i was like oh my god where is oh that? yeah i didn't even realize you guys made that i was like oh my god yeah i think it might be out of stock right now but um if it is we're definitely bringing it back later this fall i mean it's getting yeah. close to the end of hoodie weather i mean yeah we're in february and i'm in new york so i mean it's always cold here um although today i'm sitting in my back porch so this is kind of nice <laughs> oh, cool. little respite from the winter but um uh yeah so like we generally try to kind of phase out of the hoodies around this time of year because if we overstock like then we're trying to get rid of hoodies in june and that's you know yeah that's that no, doesn't work no fun but <laughs> right yeah um so we'll definitely be bringing that back though yeah i saw the orange ones with that and uh they all look really cool so i'll probably have to pick a Thanks. few of those up <laughs> cool uh so i was initially going to ask you like about quitting your day job and stuff but i just saw your vlog i didn't even know you were kind of getting into like youtubing which is cool but i want to we can skip all over the big story there but i just kind of want to know where the idea came from to even start a horror apparel brand uh well it's it's kind of weird like it it was a sort of uh merging of ideas that i had so it was 2003 and i was a, a job i'd been at um, right out of college. I graduated college, my graphic design degree. I actually went uh, back to school after quitting a job. I sort of a long story short, but I, I graduated high school, went to college, quit, went to work for a couple of years. And I went back, started over at college for graphic design. So I, like, I basically was, should have been a senior when I was, a, when I was actually going back as a freshman. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I was a little bit older in my, my, my group for by a couple of years. Um, so anyway, I graduated uh, college in 2002 and found a job here in Rochester, New York, um, where I'm born and raised at a laptop bag company. I was a graphic designer. So I did a lot of the advertising. I didn't design the bags themselves, but I designed like the advertisements and worked on the website and all these things. And it's a nice small company. I was in on the ground floor and I got to do a lot of things. But after about, you know, seven, eight months, you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep working on laptop bag stuff, you know? Yeah. And as good of a job as it was, I had a lot of creative steam. I mean, my girlfriend or my fiance at the time, uh, we were living together in an apartment. You know, we didn't have kids or a house yet. So we had a lot of spare time. And I just spent a long time just sort of, I would always draw and I would always write things. I always, I mean, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a comic book artist. I wanted to be a lot of different things growing up. And I remember being on these forums uh, where people would make like props, like Michael Myers mask, you know, or, or a mm-hmm. Jason mask. You know, I, I have like a I vacuum form these Jason masks or make Freddy gloves and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, these things are not only expensive, totally worth it, you know, because they were handmade. But wow, these things are amazing. I want to make something. I just had this urge to create and I didn't know what to do. So I like wrote down a list of things of interest. Of course, horror was at the top. I've always been a horror fan. And then on the, on the right side, I wrote down like stuff that maybe I could do. Like maybe I'll make a horror comic. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And I thought of t-shirts. And then it kind of hit me. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm a huge horror fan. I don't really have any horror t-shirts, but I love t-shirts. Like I remember going to um, this uh, 
department store as a kid and um well, i was in high school i was a little bit older but they had it was right around the time like retro was like cool was kind of in you know okay. i mean not that it ever went away but and they had a rack of shirts and it was like gilligan's island and brady's bunch and stuff and it was just like their face plastered on the shirt and i thought that was cool and i would get those shirts and i would get like crazy like boutique skate brand shirts and stuff like that like i just liked wearing different shirts i was kind of known for it i guess in school um I wouldn't overinflate that, but I mean, I was kind of known for having like weird shirts, yeah, but okay. I never really had any like horror t-shirts. And I looked up online about kind of looking at what's available and I didn't really see anything that spoke to me. I saw things like the movie posters, but I didn't see anything that I would wear. So then I just started basically screwing around on the computer. Um, and I came up with this idea because back then it was what would Jesus do was the whole uh, kind of <laughs> big deal. So I thought, what would Jason do? And I just put a hockey mask where the J was. And I thought that was kind of clever. And I looked it up oh, yeah, and I didn't smart. see, yeah, I didn't see any evidence. Like I checked Google images, I was checking forums and I didn't see any evidence of that being anywhere. I just couldn't find it. And I was like, you gotta be kidding. Nobody thought of this. Or if they thought of it, I don't see it anywhere. So I'm like, so I, I basically went to my friend uh, who ran Night Owl Forums. He uh, now is um, co-owner of Trick or Treat Studios Masks. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, he and I have been friends for years and years. And um, well, around that time. And he's like, dude, these are great. Because I did a hockey mask one. I did a um, Michael Myers one. Not what would Michael Myers do, but just like a Michael Myers mask. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I did um, just a hockey mask. And then what would Jason do? He's like, dude, I'm going to post these on my forum because I didn't want to post them myself because I thought I'd be spamming, you know? Right, right. And uh, he's like, no, no, I'll, I'll post them. And all these people were like, hey, I'd, I'd buy that as a shirt. I'd buy that as a shirt. And I thought, huh, I wonder if I should make these and sell them. And I just, it really just kind of occurred to me, like, huh. Cool. And I don't know what, what the hell possessed me, but I just, basically it was Labor Day weekend, 2003, and I put together a hand-coded website because I had a little bit of experience with that. I figured out how to link it up to PayPal. I came up with a name and a domain and a really basic logo. And, uh, and I just kind of put them up there. And I think that Tuesday I announced it on Night Owl forums and uh, got my first order from Joe Scringe in uh, California. And I was like, oh, my God, someone just paid me like 15 bucks for a T-shirt. Like and I couldn't I just couldn't believe, like it just it was this weird. It was this validation, you know, and and so my I, I ordered 60 shirts for like some I spent like 600 bucks. It was some ridiculous amount of money at the time, you know, in ordering this shirts. Yeah, that's, my that's wife's a lot. Like, what, yeah. And she's like, what do you do? My wife's like, what are you doing? We're getting ready for a wedding. And it's like using my credit card. And like, I don't know how I'm going to pay this back. <laughs> I have no clue. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm starting a business, but I'm not really sure. And so really it was just, it, it, I guess, you know, long winded way of saying that was pretty much the story. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's, it's cool to see you when other people kind of have these creative outlets and they actually work out. I know it's, you said it takes five years to become a overnight success and stuff, but right. still it's cool to see that you like applied graphic design in a cool way to do something new and it actually worked out i think that's awesome it's really Thanks. cool um so i so the one thing that's kind of just like nebulous but seems like it would be kind of challenging is actually hunting down the people to talk to for some of these licenses was that ever mm -hmm. like hard or challenging or scary like what was that like when you first started out oh man it was it was scary it was really scary um so when i first started out i didn't license anything i i I knew enough to know that this stuff should be done under a license, but I didn't have 
uh, a the money, but b right. <laughs> the uh, the know how or any. I I knew nothing. I I didn't even know. I I barely knew how to make a a a label for my you know the packages to put out in the mail. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, it was literally figuring every step out on my own. Yeah. And of course, this is before you know any social media, let alone you know, MySpace and like things like that. Like this is you know. 2003 so i mean obviously the internet had been around for a while but not like it was still sort of i kind of want to say in its infancy right yeah so i would look hunt around like i remember writing an email to toby hooper for leatherface you know and never <laughs> heard anything back you know and I, I don't know where i found his email or found his contact or something but i remember the first license i got was actually within the year after i started i don't know if it was in 2003 it could have been the following year but it was for sleepaway camp two and three and it was through michael simpson oh, and cool. it was just like a friend of a friend type of thing and i love those movies I mean, oh my I god me too ones. yeah they're great um <laughs> we talk about them we've talked about them a few times they're they're really oh, good that's great yeah yeah i mean i love the original but man part two and three to me are just uh -huh. like just it's crazy so um i you know contacted him and that was like the easiest deal ever like there's no advance money and it was just sort of like very off the cuff and it's funny because we still have it licensed today it was sort of um grandfathered into us unfortunately he passed away several years ago but before oh, he yeah. did he um he basically transferred it over to somebody else that we now have the license kind of in perpetuity if you will <laughs> so but anyway a couple of years after that i mean as always I was always looking to do licensing. It was always something on my mind. It's just, I wasn't sure how to go about it. And I remember, you know, was this maybe 2007, 2008, maybe even before that, um, like I had a call with some licensing agent for some films at Lionsgate or something. And it was like the most nerve wracking thing. I'm like, oh, I got this call at like five o'clock and I got to talk to this person about it. It was just like, it was so funny, you know, and I look back at those emails and think about those phone calls and how scared I was because I just didn't know anything. And of course, they were talking about money that I just had never even seen. You know, yeah. I, mean, I was like, this is, I was still working my day job, you know, and I was like, oh, I can't afford that kind of money for a leprechaun, you know. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, and, and it was honestly, it was totally an organic process. You know, we started out with these small licenses and um, I remember one morning it was um so this is actually around 2012 i think um and i remember reading i was like read like the licensing and from like i had like a email subscription as one thing and my buddy damien at mezco um they had just signed the deal with tops for mars attacks or something i was like oh, cool. wow that's really cool and i got the information uh i don't i don't know if i got it from him or if they had the information in the article but i contacted the licensing agent and they were interested so it's like that kind of sparked things. And we'd already had a couple of licenses up to that point, but that was sort of like this, whoa, I'm going to do Mars attacks. And then it was like, I don't know. It just kind of started snowballing from there. And then, you know, people who know people and things just start kind of gradually getting to a point where, you know, now I looked at it the other day, I was going over some things and I just kind of counted up all the licenses. I'm like, man, we have over <laughs> 50 licenses. It's like ridiculous. That's so rad. And like, which is, which is your favorite that you worked on? Like, what was the one that you got? And you were like, I can't believe I got this. Oh, uh, by far Halloween. Okay. And yeah. I figured. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, you might've known the story or whatever, but I saw Halloween when I was four. That's what started me on the path of horror movies. Oh no, I didn't know it. that. That's so weird. Oh, because okay. that's how I started. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> like when I was Did like four or five years old, I put the VHS in the brave little toaster 
case at Blockbuster, yeah. and it was the yeah. one time they didn't check. And oh, I went home and are watched you it. Serious? Yeah. What and movie? My, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's so weird, but really cool. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was. It's, um, I'll make this short, but um, basically, I was I was trick or treating. Was 1981. And uh, my parents picked me and my sister and my brothers up and went to a friend's house. They owned a deli. We were in downtown uh, Rochester and cool. they lived behind the deli. Like they had this like living room area and their bedrooms were upstairs, whatever. And we were hanging out and all their, my friend, my parents, friends, kids were all older. So they were my brothers and I was, I'm the youngest and they were my brothers, my sister's ages. So they were just hanging out doing their thing. And I was four and I was bored. I was counting my candy and eating it or whatever. And I just remember kind of tugging on my mom's sleeve, like, mom, I want to go home, mom. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? No, we're not going home. Just go watch TV. Just go watch TV. And I wandered over to their TV and I turned it on. And I'm not even kidding you. Halloween started and I didn't oh, move man. for two hours. And that was the, unbeknownst to me, but at the time, but it was the network premiere of Halloween one. Uh, oh, the first crazy. time I ever showed it on TV, yeah, which is cool, and it had those TV scenes in it, which is funny because as I would watch the movie, renting it later on in like the mid '80s, you know, I'm like, where are all these scenes that I remember of the, the of Michael in the sanitarium and and oh, Loomis yeah. in this hall? And I did, I couldn't, because again, at the time, there's no internet just to search that stuff, and it oh. wasn't until like 1996 that somebody on a Halloween uh, page that I was part of, they were like, the first ever. Uh, images of the tv scenes of halloween and i remember like you know it was like a 28.8 modem it took me like a half an hour to load up all the images and i was like oh my god that's it you know that's awesome um, so the in terms of the license that's the one i wanted the most of course when i started fright rags so i remember in 2005 i had gotten in touch with um malik akkad of course mustafa akkad's son right, right. And I'd actually done a very limited edition of Halloween shirts. Like I literally made 31 of them. I sent him one, which was kind of ballsy. Um, yeah. So I, he's like, well, first of all, you can't sell these. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to infringe <laughs> on your rights. And he's like, let's talk. Yeah. So we started talking and I remember we were going back and forth in emails over a few days. And I woke up one morning and I used to watch the news before going to work. And I got the, uh, they came on the Today Show and was like, you know, director Mustafa Akkad killed and oh, yeah. daughter killed and bombing. And I was like, whoa. Like, that yeah, that was heavy. Crazy. Mm hmm. It was, it was definitely crazy. Sorry, I'm having a cigar while I'm sitting on the Oh, don't worry about it. Here. It's cool. Keep um, it casual. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, um, I was like, wow. And, and of course, that for obvious reasons stalled our conversations for a long time and I, I you know completely understood I, yeah, I didn't fair. I wanted to obviously be respectful and everything so it was probably another year or so later I kind of started getting the conversation now again at the time we were probably not ready for it but we kept going back and forth and then the people that he worked with or worked for him to handle the licensing they would change hands so like I would get my foot in the door and we'd start talking and then it'd be a new guy mm -hmm. it's like then you got to kind of rebuild that relationship so it was from 2005 to 2013 I finally got the license, and that it was it was one of those moments where I remember signing the deal. I got the deal in the email, and I had to sign it and send it in. And I got home and went out my back porch and had a cigar and a nice scotch. And I was like, I just I I, I savored it for like just that moment. And then mm -hmm. I went, all right, we gotta we gotta kick some ass on this and <laughs> figure out what the hell we are going to do because you'd think, oh, Halloween, we can do so much, and then you're like, oh how are we going to make this really original? How are we going to do this justice? You know, and that yeah. became the task. And luckily, you know, we've had it since then. We've got a lot planned for the 40th anniversary this year. So 
uh, we're just really thankful and I'm incredibly blessed and thankful to be working on that property. Oh man, that's so cool. So <clears throat> what was it like seeing all these people wearing your shirts uh, on all these set photos coming out from the new Halloween? It, it was pretty <laughs> rad, man. Like um, we, uh, I mean, I can't say a lot, but we, we have the license for the new film. So that's oh, what we're going to wow, be working cool. on merch for the new film. Yeah. And that was, um, I can say that much. And that was really, really special to get. And yeah, I'm friends with Ryan Turek, who's one of the producers on the film, which was really cool. So he was taking pictures and seeing him in the It shirt with Jamie Lee was really cool. And, uh, you know, we sent them, you know, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, our shirts, and they were wearing them. And that was really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I mean, to think that it's 40 years since the original, and that's like the film for me. And to be, you know, I don't want to say a part of it, but like, even to be like, adjacent to it you know, yeah. in some way oh to be able to say oh you know we're gonna make shirts for this film or whatever uh is it's incredibly humbling i can't really i can't i don't know that i can express it in the words i'm very proud of of that and i'm humbled and also know that we have to keep kicking ass to uh to 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 make it work for not only for us but for the fans well um i have the the baseball tee the halloween one that's it has really cool art on it and I, this is like a weird tangent, sorry. But sure. for, for my day job, I work for a YouTuber, like a big tech YouTuber, and I'm his editor. Oh, cool. But for Halloween, he let me and the other guy who shoots, he let us go to the like micro center and build a computer that was scary. And I wore that nice. shirt and everyone in the comments was like losing their mind over the art on it. And they were like, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? So I feel like a lot of people will be very excited to know that you're doing the like, like have license for the new one. That's pretty awesome. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. We're, we're really looking forward to it. And like I said, because it's the 40th of the first one, we have a lot planned for that. It's fun to kind of do <clears throat> this new movie that's coming out that, yeah. that is such a hallmark to the original because it takes place right after the first one. And um, you know, I, they're getting, I guess they're getting rid of two and two through eight or something, you know? So you know, it's kind of a direct sequel, you know, with Jamie Lee Curtis and John yeah, Carpenter yeah. and Castle. I mean, it's just like it, every time we would hear new information, you know, being posted online somewhere, I, I, just my mind is blown, you know? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, my, like, those, I've been doing a ton of videos on that movie and this podcast has basically turned into like the Halloween news podcast <laughs> the great. last month because it seemed like every week there was something coming out about yep. it. But, you know, like some people seem a little upset, but for the most part, people are really on board with it. So, yeah. And, and and what I like about it, and, and to your point of all these images coming out, I love that there's so many images, but yet nothing's been spoiled. Yes. You know, like in this day and age when, when you know, you could find out the plot of a movie or you could find out behind the scenes images or whatever it is, you know, like I even had people that I knew that lived down the street from when they were filming kind of snapping pics of like sets and stuff. Um, but it's just enough to like make you salivate and want more, but yeah. not too much where you're like, Oh, I, I already know what's going on. And you know, you're going to walk in not, not being surprised. And I yeah. think that's really smart. You know, I'm glad that the only kind of picture we got of Michael was like just the grainiest far away. Just like, oh, I know. you know, it's him. That's all you yep. know. Like, you can't tell. Like that was great. That's exactly what I wanted. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, that's good. Yeah. It came no, out I right totally away. Agree. Yeah, and I saw that and I remember going, oh, man, are we going to start seeing more of this? Like, in terms of, like, oh, are we going to start, you know, but the oh, way they did that, in. you're right, was, yeah. And then even, like, Nick Castle posting, like, his shadow or oh, something yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Oh, know, yeah, the shadow enough. was so cool. <laughs> yes. You can really tell, great. like, the mask. Like, you can tell from that shadow that it's, like, the mask is right. 
I know it's weird that you like you to say that, but like I could just tell. I got immediate yeah, Halloween one reactions. Mean, like, yeah, I could see kind of like um, I think what stood out to me in that sh- that shadow was sort of the hair shape. Or yeah, something exactly. like the way the hair came <laughs> off the back. I was like, ooh, that's kind of like the original mask. That's gonna look pretty uh-huh. awesome. But yeah, so speaking of Halloween and shifting gears a little bit, uh, yeah. So I watched your November first short film like a while mm-hmm. ago when you released it, and it's awesome. Like, great job. Are you are Thanks. you trying to keep making? Like that played really well for YouTube, I think. And are you going to keep trying to make shorts or do you want to make a feature in the future? Or is that just a fun thing you did? Um, it's a little bit of all of those. Like, it, you know, obviously it was a fun thing. It kind of came up in conversation because we were having PJ Souls at our event. And, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Showing Halloween. <laughs> and it's just sort of, you know, the guys at the theater that we work with and us at the office were kind of, you know, we work together doing these screenings every month. And when we were having our meetings and talking about this, we were just like throwing these ideas out and we just kept laughing about it. I'm like, well, we should just make this movie. And Eric, who works um, at the theater, he's such a great filmmaker and and Roy works with him and, and they just do great, uh, great job on their, their filmmaking. And we, it was just such a, it, it was a, again, like an organic thing. So we just sort of put it together. And of course, PJ was just all up for it and she was amazing. Um, and it was, it was surreal playing Michael Myers, like, <laughs> with her like i mean yeah it's a fan film i get it but at the same time michael myers mask and i'm like oh my god this is trippy but, yeah the um, mask looked great too and i like the boiler suit like you did a good job thank you appreciate it so yeah so basically um and that mask was made by my buddy justin so cool um but yeah that sort of spawned this idea of oh we should do more of these or so we, we've got some ideas kicking around we, we don't know exactly what we're going to do yet but um, we do have it sort of sparked this little fire that we want to keep doing more of and then if it ever landed as a feature that would be amazing but I mean right now we're just going to try to keep it fun and mm-hmm. we don't want to just put out anything we want to make sure that whatever we put out makes sense and is fun for obviously us but everybody else was that your first like kind of dip into making film or have you worked on films before or anything I mean uh, like very slight like I wanted to be a filmmaker so when I when I graduated high school I went into um I was actually going to University of Buffalo to, to be a comic book illustrator but as soon as I like started school I switched over to a film major which again I only lasted a year so mm-hmm. I had made little films on on Super 8 millimeter and stuff like that and um I'd worked on a student film uh there was an upperclassman working on a film that I I was on the crew for um which was kind of cool because I'd never really been a part of that. You know, it was shot on film and, and it was, you know, boom, I had to hold the boom mic and this whole thing. Okay. Um, so I'd never, I mean, you know, to be honest, I didn't really have a ton of experience, but I at least, but I liked it and I liked the idea of it. Um, so that was probably the first thing that I was ever a part of that came together where I, we could watch and go, wow, that's pretty awesome. You know I mean? Just yeah. like, it looks good. It kind of, you know, it was edited really well and, and Eric and Roy did a great job of it. Cool. Uh, well, that's that's all the questions I have, man. Thanks so much for doing this. I, I'm sure our man. listeners will greatly appreciate it. We, we were both yeah, well, really stoked. <laughs> well, thanks for asking me and thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it.